Hey everybody, Chris here with the Veteran Welding Podcast. I'd like to thank today's sponsor, which is TMR Customs, before we kick off the show. TMR Customs, I've personally been using them for a very long time, and honestly, I love their parts. They're perfect, they're done right, never once have I gotten a part that was flawed. They're absolutely amazing. Every part is laser cut. Every part, if it's part of a kit, is somehow marked so you know where it goes. You're never fiddle farting around trying to sort it out. Tim and his brother Mike are the owners. They are phenomenal guys. They always have tons of great advice for you, and they're always pushing the boundaries. That's who's today's sponsors. Let's step into the show. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to today's uh, show, which is episode three of the Veteran Welding Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Reeder, and I want to thank you guys once again for tuning in. Uh, it means a lot. So in today's episode, we're going to keep on going with the theme of just trying to like lay everything out, uh, both on paper and or on your mind or however you're doing it there for setting up your company, uh, specifically if you're a vet, all right? Um, now, today's episode isn't really going to have a whole lot of military... Uh, how do I say it? It's not going to have a whole lot of like military lingo or mindset stuff, but more or less just like how you're going to set it up, all right? When I, set, when I was setting up my shop, uh, I kind of did it... It was more leaning towards uh, the seam of my pants than actually sitting down and figuring it all out. Now, that being said, I really wish I would have done just that where, where I sat down and figured out, okay, I'm going to need this, I'm going to need that, and one thing and the other like that. I didn't really start uh, paying attention to how I was going to buy things or how I was going to set it up until I was... Until it was to the point where it's like, I need this piece of equipment like yesterday. So a good example would be my MIG MIG setup. I was TIG welding for the longest time and stick welding, uh, which is fine. But as you guys know, in certain certain scenarios, like MIG welding is just... it's just a lot faster, plain and simple. Um, so I was looking around, looking around, looking around, and I couldn't find the uh, well, the welder that I was looking for, which I believe was a like a, a Miller 350. So nothing crazy, but I wanted something that could do both steel and aluminum. And then the more I got started thinking about it, the more I started thinking about how I would have to sit there and f- spend so much time bouncing back and forth between actually like welding to setting up for the next weld and back and forth, especially if I was bouncing back and forth between jobs, one being steel, one being aluminum. Now I know for the smaller machines, you could sit, well, I shouldn't say smaller machines. It's a, it's a full size floor model that I was looking at. Uh, but for those ones there, you, you have to run one or the other. You can't really just sit there and just push a button and boom, you're ready to go for or switch processes over. I sat there and I started thinking back to previous shops that I worked at um, and what they were using. And a lot of them were doing like solid wire and like metal core or flux core or something like that. And they had like the dual wire feeder. So I started looking into that. And then it quickly came down to cost. All right, well, how am I gonna do this? And what I ended up doing was sitting there and using the 50-50 model where what I had to buy brand new for the equipment, I did. What I was able to buy used, I did as well. So for this setup here, um, my MIG setup, I used, or I I bought, sorry, a used uh, XMT MPA 350. Uh, So that machine there gave me all the MIG 
TIG stick capabilities should my TIG go down, which it has in the past. And it also gives me the steel and aluminum capabilities, obviously. Uh, so I sat there, bought that used. Uh, I forget what shop was going out of business uh, in Edmonton, but I managed to pick it up for a song and a dance. And then the wire feeder that I wanted to get, I uh, had to order straight from Miller. So I did that, which was a bit of a time investment as well. Um, but it was well worth it in the long run because I sat there and now that I'm running the dual feeder, which is specifically for that, I can sit there, literally just push a button. And as long as my bottle is open, I can sit there and start welding away. I don't have to tinker fart around with anything and I am good to go. So that was one of the things that I did. It was, it was a pretty good investment because right off the hop, once it was set up and running, it it has saved me so much money from having to take, switch my bottles, switch my wire, switch my gun if I had to, the whole nine yards like that. Or if you run a, uh, a spool gun, if you guys you guys who have run them know those one pound spools don't really last too long when you're welding all day. And they're a pain in the ass. They're great, they have their applications. I might pick one up here for if I start doing any mobile welding, but honestly, this is, this is by far the best setup that I could have asked for. I also sat there and spent the money on a good push-pull gun. I believe I got the Aluma Pro, and I love it. It took a while to get dialed in. It, 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 it was a pain in my ass until it was dialed in. But once it was dialed in, it has saved me so much time, it's not even funny. So that's what I've been... That, that's how I've done that. And then the same thing goes for like the rest of my equipment. Some of it I knew that I, if I knew that I was going to need it right off the hop and I'd be using it all day, every day, or at least half the day, I just went out and bought brand new. All right. So like my air compressor, it's, I bought it brand new. It's a Quincy and I bought the matching Quincy air dryer for it as well. Now I could, could I have gone with something else? Yeah, but you know what? Like I said, I got something that I can grow into. I'll I'll use it all the time, and it's going to last me for years to come. Uh, the one thing, though, where I wish I would have, once again, hindsight being what it is, I wish I would have got, so I have a mill, all right? I bought it brand new, and it's great. I love it, but I wish I would have bought a used mill and a used uh, iron worker for the same price. It just, it, it would have set me, it, once again, it would have sped up production and everything else like that and given me more capabilities having an iron worker here as well, but it is what it is. Now, with all that being said, yes, it's nice. How it would have been nice to have an iron worker, and it's it's great to have a mill and a lathe and all this other stuff. But something you guys need to do is think about what are your skills right now. What are your skills? What have you? What can you make money money with right now? Is it machining? Is it welding? Is it like tin bashing stuff like that? What is it? All right. So whatever your primary source of income is going to be, you need to make sure that you're investing your money in those tools, okay? And everything else. So for me, machining tools, yes, they're great to have, but that's a secondary thing, okay? And honestly, it's just, they help out with production. So the the thing you can start, you can easily get sucked into here is if you are welding away 
and a job comes in the door where it's just a straight up machining job. If you take that in and your skills aren't up to par, then you could be shooting yourself in the foot where it's like, shit, now you have to invest in all the tooling and or invest in the proper tooling, invest in the proper measuring tools, um, all that stuff, along with teaching yourself how to machine that stuff properly because you got to think of fixturing you got to think of finish your your tolerances you got to think of your tolerances guys because if you if you sit there if you're some some sometimes if somebody walks in the door they're like yeah i just need this turned down to like you know this that or the other thing and as long as you're within a 16th that's fine well okay fine you know what here here you go but if they're like no you need to be plus or minus like you know a hair do you have those skills do you have the time to sit there and invest in those skills uh, i know me i don't right now i don't do i know how to mill and lathe and one thing and the other like that yeah i do know how to run that stuff i can run it pretty damn good um but i'm not a machinist i'm not a machinist so i so i'm not going to sit there and take on machinist work unless i have a machinist on staff you know what I'm saying? Because the time investment is not worth it and the risk is not worth it to sit there and tell people, yeah, I can turn this down for you, this, that, and the other thing, and then it's wrong. So I know me personally, if I, ha- I have uh, two machinists on call, one is a, a CNC guy, another one is a manual guy, and honestly, I call them up, hey, I got this job, do you want it? Yep, I drop the work off to them, and then that's it. I'll 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 pop on like a like a a twenty dollar finder's fee, and that's it. Like I like those those jobs I make next to no money on, and honestly I don't care. I just want to make sure that the customers are helped out. And that brings me to the next the the next thing, which you you really need to sit there and be honest with yourself about. Okay, and because it's going to save you so much time and money is what are you going to outsource? Are you going to sit there and are you going to try and do everything in house and, you know, invest in the equipment and have it sit in there dormant 90% of the time? Or are you going to sit there and buy it and hire somebody in hopes that you're going to have work for them and the equipment? Like, or are you going to buy the equipment and try and run it yourself while learning the program and one thing the other like that? Like, you, you really got to sit there and and be honest with yourself, guys, because you, you're going to save – you're either going to save a lot of time and money by outsourcing or you or you are going to spend a lot of time and money on both the equipment and the learning curve that comes along with it. And especially in the trades, guys, you, you can't sit there and practice some of this – some of these skills without using material you you just can't do it plain and simple you can do dry runs and like you know pretend that there's material in there but at the end of the day you're not learning a damn thing you're gonna have to invest in the equipment the material and the time so something that i was really gung-ho to to purchase was a plasma table all right and it was one of those things where i knew that i had to invest the time in researching these before I even looked at actually like pulling the trigger on one and purchasing one because these things are so expensive and they are they they can be a great way to sit there and make money while you're doing something else but they they're also very expensive if you don't have work for them so 
I sat there and I started looking into them. And the more I looked into it, I realized that, you know, on a plasma table, the quality is like, you know, it's only like 50% of what it could be if you got like, you know, a fiber laser. And then if you got a water jet, it, it would be like 75, 80%. And then, you know, high def plasma and all this other stuff. When in reality, if you just sit there, guys, Google, like, you know, um, CNC laser cutting or so- something like that, like, or uh, j- essentially, guys, what I'm getting at is just look for companies that are in your area that that's all they do. That's all they do is sit there and cut parts. That's it. Um yeah, you might have to invest in the design equipment and that's something you're gonna have to learn. And honestly, that's something you should know anyway because it is so easy to sit there and I'm a, I've been a victim of this where somebody's come along and they're like, oh yeah, I can do, I'm going to school for designing and one thing and the other like that. And you're like, sweet, it's something I don't need to learn. And then you're trying to tell them, listen, this is what I want. And they're like, yeah, no, you can't do it like that just because uh, they couldn't, they, they thought that their way was the best way, one thing, they like that. But anyway, point being is, is if I would have sat there and learned program the first time around, when we first opened our doors, I could have saved so much time, money and headache in designing it because a lot of these computer programs now, like I use Fusion, I'm looking at switching over to SolidWorks, um, Fusion 360 that is, a lot of these programs if you if you're savvy enough with them, they, they you can design the whole damn thing in there in on the computer, test it, run it, um, look for tolerance issues, the whole nine yards, without ordering any material, and then you can sit there, take that, show it to your customer, and then go from there. And if they don't like it, well then fine, well then you save yourself a whole bunch of money on material. But anyway, if you sat, if I would have sat there, I'll get this idea out. If I would have sat there learned the program, got it done right, fired it off, then I would have been like a million steps further ahead because while it's out being cut, and I'm pretty sure I brought this up in the last episode as well, while it's out being cut or whatever it is that's being done, whether it's cut, machining, whatever, um, you can be doing something else. You can be setting the shop up for when that comes back, if you if you need to. If there's a lot of fixtures and jigs that you need, you could be designing another job. This way, once you're done welding one job, the next job comes in, and you can just start work rolling on that, and you get some concurrent activity going. One thing like that, because at the end of the day, yeah, you yeah you're going to lose a little bit of money by sending it out. All right, you're going to, but you the amount of money and time you are going to save by doing that far outweigh the cost in my personal opinion all right um just make sure you you sit there and you whoever you're dealing with and and i i okay now i use this model for not model but way of thinking for all of my suppliers uh i only deal with one person at each spot so my, my supplier for aluminum it's Samuels here in uh, Calgary. I deal with Furlan. Um, the me- the metal side of the house, I deal with Robin. Or steel side, sorry. Um, for all my water jet cutting in that, I deal with Grant. Like, I literally, like, one person per 
vendor, that's it. That's all I'll deal with unless they go on vacation, obviously, because the world still turns. Um, that's all I'll do because I, I, if not, it's very easy to get wrapped up in, oh, you know, you only need this, you need that. They might get you mixed up with another client. You might get them mixed up with another employee there. Um, it just goes back and forth. But the, the, the reason above all else why I do that is because then you sit this, then you start to sit there and build relationships with them. So, uh, Ferlin, he does all of my aluminum and stainless. All right. I, I will only go through him. And I was putting in, this was shortly, shortly after I started the company, um, or sorry, shortly after I started at our old shop location, I remember I was putting in a bid for one of the towns in the area. They're redoing a lot of signage for like walking trails, uh, signs on roads, as well as some signs on uh, the major highway heading uh, north south here. And I told them, like, you know, this is what I'm going to need. This is how much. And it would have been one of the, the, the larger largest orders I would have ever put in. And he's just like, okay, what are these for? And so I told him, he's like, okay, are any of these going on a major highway? I'm like, yeah. Oh, he's like, okay. They need to be, I forget what grade of aluminum that has to be a certain thickness and one thing and the other. And he knew all of the Transport Canada ruling for these signs, which I didn't know, which, which let's be honest. If I would have sat there, got the contract and put these signs up with something that was wrong and a windstorm came by and ripped these signs off and just launched it into a car or a truck or something like that and somebody got hurt who'd be on the hook yours truly so that's one of the benefits of this okay as well as they, they they'll sit there and be like hey listen uh we have we got this one customer who ordered all this material and it's not to their standards they say it's too rusty do you want it it's like well how bad is it and he's like honestly i don't know come have a look i went and i had a look at it and honestly the material had like the smallest amount of surface rust on it why they sent it back i don't know but anyway he gave it to me for a song and a dance so that i really encourage you guys like really really encourage you guys that when you sit there and you go out and you start do starting your business deal with one person per vendor make notes okay for each and every one of them even if they're sitting there and you they're like listen yeah like uh you know i have like a couple kids or something like that and they're sit so next time you talk to them be like hey man how was like you know a little joey's soccer game or bobby's baseball game or something like that just because it just it makes the relationships stronger and it just keeps you in the front of their mind. I know a few times I've gone a couple months without ordering aluminum and he's just sent me an email out of the, out of the blue. Hey, Chris, just wondering how you're doing, making sure everything's uh, still going good for you guys. Cheers, Ferlin. Like it's it's it is so worth it, even as even if you're having a bad day, like he is one of those guys where I'm surprised he was not in the military because his sense of humor is spot on for it. I'll sit there, I'll call him up and like, he'll just, if I'm having a bad day, he can hear it in my voice and just boom, he'll pick me right up. So go out there and make good, strong relationships with your vendors. All right, guys. And then also if you sit there, I'm going to wrap this up because I know I'm kind of rambling on it, but if you sit there and you get a faulty product or something that isn't working or you you get the wrong product altogether you call them up and be like hey listen i didn't order i didn't order a four by eight sheet of 
one inch thick aluminum. I ordered a five by 10 by three sixteenths. Like what the hell is going on here? They'll sit there and they'll, they'll be more inclined to right the wrong. All right. They should be anyway, but sometimes they'll just sit there and be like, listen, you ordered a five by 10 of three sixteenths or whatever it is. You got a five by 10, a one eighth, keep the one eighth. We'll send the new stuff on the way out. You, you never know what's going to happen, guys. The other thing I want to talk, talk to you guys about, and then I'll start wrapping it up here, uh, is your setup. All right. You guys really, you, you're going to make or lose a insane amount of money on setup. Okay. So when I was at the old shop, I, <laughs> I don't even want to think about how much money I lost just go walking across the shop because it was so freaking huge and I did not have it set up well enough. I would literally sit there and just spend like at least two hours a day walking back and forth across the shop, getting tools, getting parts, one thing and the other like that. It wasn't until towards we when we were getting ready to move where I finally started dialing in <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, all right, from like, you know, material comes in the door, it gets cut, it gets like, you know, processed, deburred, one thing and the other, yada, yada, yada. And everything started getting closer together. So ideally, what you want to be able to do is go from one spot, turn around, maybe a few steps, boom, you at the next station, turn around a few steps, boom, at the next station. I know me with the setup that we're having here at the shop, I am... I, I need to be very, I want to be very, very diligent on where I am putting my equipment. Why is it there? Does it need to be there? Is there someplace better that it can be? I know I I thought I had it nailed down for where I wanted my big doors and everything else like that. And the more I thought, think about it, the more I'm honestly, guys, starting to second guess myself because it's like, okay, if I put a massive door on the north side, I'm going to have to reinforce the wall just due to the way the roof comes down and one thing like that. And I don't want to have to sit there and shoot myself in the foot by doing that because if my my shop is larger width wise than it is depth wise, um, even though it's only by five feet, I still have five more feet to have a vehicle there than have by going east west than I do north south so I can sit there I can walk around them I could do more like if I have a shop uh let's say I have a a pickup truck sitting in the in the shop and it's on jack stands while I'm waiting for parts on that I'm working on another job well it's going to be a lot easier for me to do that and not bump into the vehicle or you know worry about what where are my sparks going or anything like that if the vehicle's north or sorry, east-west instead of north-south. I hope that makes sense for you guys. It's kind of hard to explain it, but I hope you guys see it. If not, just follow me on Instagram. In time, you'll see what I'm talking about. I know something that I've done a couple times since we moved here is I've sat there and actually um, drew out like a map of the shop and started playing around with this goes here, that goes there, one thing and the other. If you, if you guys are really tech savvy, you can draw it up once on the computer box and I don't know what program you would do it in, but draw it up on the computer box and then you can sit there and say, okay, the footprint of my mill is this, the footprint of this welder or the welding table or this rack is, you know, A, B, C, D, whatever. And you can sit there and move them around and try and figure out what would be the best way to do it. Even though on paper or on the computer, it looks to be great. You still got to try it out. Don't, 
just because you sit there and you have your equipment and all your material in the shop and you're like, yeah, this looks great. If it doesn't flow right, if you're sitting there and you're tripping over wires and cables and one thing like that, don't be afraid to sit there and move everything, move everything. I know the old shop, I did that like at least once every two months until I finally got it the way I liked it. Like, you know, at first I was moving everything. Then it was like, you know, instead of moving 10 pieces of equipment, I was only moving nine. Then I was moving eight. Then I was moving seven. Then I went back up to eight. And like, it's it's like a, it's like a symphony. You guys, it, it all has to work together. Cause if not, you're gonna get pissed off. Anyway, guys, I think that's a good spot to put a pin in it. I know I am getting ready to with this podcast to sit there and start getting some guests on here and getting guests lined up. So stay tuned. Make sure you tell your friends and family. It'd be greatly appreciated. If you have topics that you'd like to hear covered or people you think would bring value to the show, let me know. Uh, I'll reach out to them. We can talk, go from there. Or if you would like to be on the show, uh, if you have a company or you work with vets or you are a vet and you are getting into this and you think you have something that would be good to for everybody else to hear, let me know. Well, chinwag and go from there and maybe work something out. Anyway, guys, uh, I'm going to put a pin in it for tonight. I got to get up early in the morning. I'll talk to you guys later. Cheers. Stay focused. Well, everybody, that's a wrap for today's episode. Before we sign off, I would like to thank TMR Customs again, who is the sponsor of this episode. They are amazing. TMRCustoms.com has everything that you need to build your off-road rig, whether it's a mall crawler, whether it's a rock crawler, whether it's a tube buggy. You doesn't matter what it is, okay? Head on over to tmrcustoms.com and they will get you set up right the first time. I personally have been using TMR Customs since 2008 and absolutely love them. Never once have I gotten the wrong advice from them. They've always led me in the right direction the first time around. I'm signing off, guys. This is Chris Reeder, your host for the Vetch and Welting Podcast. Cheers. Stay focused.